Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast going to discuss... The Broncos MVPs, they're, they're at the unofficial, official, unofficial halfway point of the season as they hit the bye week. So a lot to discuss when it comes to zooming out and looking at the season as a whole. And who were the MVPs in the first half of the season for the Denver Broncos on offense, on defense? Maybe we'll throw some special teams love out there as well, too. And then we'll talk about the most and least surprising um, whether it be for positive or negative when it comes to this Denver Broncos team. Uh, we'll do that on offense and defense as well, too. But first, we want to talk about our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andrea Varela in that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com, tap14.com. Joined by Zach Seeger, SmileHighSports.com. You can follow his work, of course, and all the things that he is writing. Zach, what do you got going on in uh, some of your latest writings, as well as uh, where can they hit you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And then this week for the bye week, uh, all of us have been working on some midseason coaching grades, looking at how the Broncos are doing midseason. And also I'll have some uh, PFF review stuff, you know, halfway through the season, looking at how the Broncos are doing in terms of uh, analytics and whatnot. So, of course, the Broncos, look, uh, three and six, it's not, it's funny because I've discussed this on previous podcasts where the Broncos actually are in a situation where you can actually see a lot of positives from this team, even though the record is not very good. We've talked about this a lot previously when it was the Vance Joseph versus Kyle Shanahan situation. Both teams were 7-15, and 15, so you say, okay, well, record-wise, they both suck, but you can clearly see where the arrow was pointing. Denver's arrow, I believe, is pointing up, and I think it's because of some of the most surprising guys on this team, and I want to start on the offensive side of things where my most surprising and maybe most impressive guy this year has been Dalton Reisner. Uh, This is a kid who just came in and immediately plugged himself in as the premier offensive lineman for this offensive line. And gosh, think about this offensive line if he's not on it. I mean, they are poor at left tackle. They are shaky at right tackle because they can't be healthy and they're they're running a backup out there. The right guard has been, uh, you know, as much criticism as Garrett Bowles takes at left tackle – uh, Ron Leary has not been good this year. Leary's been worse than Leary Bulls. has been bar- borderline it's worse. It's just less notable because he's a guard. Yes, and uh, and look, Connor McGovern, uh, the the issues with the snaps seem to be uh, fixed for the most part. But the standout guy is Dalton Reisner. From the pancake blocks that he puts together to the apps uh, to throwing Philip Lindsay, that that is becoming a part of the playbook. Apparently, is just grabbing Philip Lindsay and just carrying him with him. Uh, this is a offensive lineman I think that the Denver Broncos have 100% hit on and probably is going to be a franchise guard for them for many years to come. Absolutely. Reisner's been incredible. I think there's a good chance, even if Noah Fant hits, even if Drew Locke hits, that Reisner ends up being the best player of this draft class. Maybe not the most valuable, but as a guard, he looks 
Of course, Quentin Nelson came out last year and as a rookie for the Colts became an all pro and, and Reisner's not that good, but he's pretty close. He's come out and he's he should be all rookie first team at guard. And the Broncos have needed some young offensive line help. And with Munchak developing him, he should get only better. This is a guy who should be see multiple Pro Bowls in his career. Absolutely. Uh, who is your most surprising player on offense that has stood out, maybe for better or worse? Uh, most surprising for me, I'm I'm gonna have to go uh, Cortland Sutton. I think I think Sutton has uh, just I think we all expected him to take a bit of a leap in a year two, but he's really just taken over. He looks like a legit number one receiver. The big concern with him was speed. Is he fast enough? He looks plenty fast enough. This is a guy that should be the Broncos wide receiver, number one wide receiver, like a Demarius Thomas or Brandon Marshall for the next five, 10 years. I mean, this guy is, is so legit. Absolutely. And as we usually do on the Broncos Blitz podcast, we get your reaction on who's been the most surprising player on this Broncos team. Uh, Want to turn to Twitter, and you, again, you can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio, where Greedy's cousin says, he agrees with you, Cortland Sutton. Expectations were there. He's surpassed them. And I, I think I have to agree in the idea that, look, I think we all thought Cortland Sutton was going to be a terrific player, but he's really developing into a premier talent and a franchise-wide receiver that the Denver Broncos so badly needed post-Demarius Thomas. And he doesn't have a quarterback right now. Oh, exactly. I mean, he's headed towards being a, a top-ten wide receiver in this league, maybe even better than that, and he's catching passes from washed-up Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen this year. It'll be exciting once Drew Locke or whatever legitimate quarterback the Broncos hopefully find in the next couple seasons uh, comes in and gets the throw passes towards him. Zach Muller on Twitter says, Dalton Reisner, without him on the offensive line this season, I am terrified where we would be. Tom on Twitter also says, Cortland Sutton, we got ourselves a good wide receiver is what Tom says. Knew he was good, but last week with Allen at quarterback, he really impressed. So the offense, look, there's obviously some good uh, surprises, but I want to talk about the most surprising when it comes to a underwhelming side of things or most underwhelming. And look, I, I think the immediate one that comes to mind is obviously the quarterback situation in Joe Flacco. The idea that Joe Flacco was going to be this bad. Look, I was not a big fan of Joe Flacco, but uh, being this bad uh, just just definitely has to be mentioned, but he's not my guy. My guy is actually Deshaun Hamilton. Um, this is a cat who, let's be honest, uh, has not done anything. No. Like literally anything. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton was supposed to emerge as this third wide receiver option. He was supposed to be this guy who was great at route running, who had good hands, who was able to uh, truly make an impact on this offense and be a nice compliment to Cortland Sutton. And that has been anything but. I mean, this is a guy who, look, opening week had a brutal drop. Okay. Yes. Brutal drop in the end zone that, quite frankly, could have turned that game around. And I don't know if he's in the doghouse ever since or he's just not getting opportunities because he's not showing it in practice. I don't know what it is. He has 11 catches on the season right now through nine games. Um, and that's following an Emmanuel Sanders trade where the Broncos needed sure. these young players to step up. There's no way. I, I don't think the Broncos and, and Vic Fangio are the type of team to go, oh, this guy had one drop in week one. Now we're down Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. We're going to trot out Fred Brown instead of Agree. Agree. off the street. 
that tells me that they think Fred Brown right now is a better receiver than Deshaun Hamilton, which is a huge disappointment. When the Broncos drafted Deshaun Hamilton, he was viewed as the best slot receiver prospect, pure slot receiver in that class. And he has done nothing. I think there's a good chance he's not even on the roster next season. He's just a complete non-factor wide receiver when you've got other young guys you're trying to bring up. And look, they like what they like what they see in Tim Patrick, uh, Deontay Spencer getting involved in the offense a lot more. Deontay Spencer showing a little bit of electric movement on that offensive He's side of things too. Fast. That uh, I think the Denver Broncos are going to like a lot. Of course, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap fourteen nineteen twenty Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. Let's continue this conversation, and I want to start with the conversation that our listeners gave us on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. The most surprising, maybe for good or bad, maybe most underwhelming, uh, a better way to describe it, if you will. And on Twitter, we get to the defense where Sarah says, how about Derek Wolf? He's had a hell of a season so far. Of course, Derek Wolf. hey, he's playing for that 2020 money. Uh, Jeremy Moss on Twitter says, Alexander Johnson brought much-needed consistency to the middle of the football field. We're going to talk about A.J. here in a second, as Mike Hart also talks about A.J. in endless motor, if you will. Joe on Twitter says, Devontae Harris, when he came in, thought the secondary was going to turn into a shooting gallery. Instead, one of the, it's one of the better ones in the league, still have a ton to improve on, but Fangio and Donatel working the magic. Josh on Twitter says, Simmons, people thought he'd have a good year, but he's playing at an all-pro level. I'm not going to name Justin Simmons as my most um, surprising per se, um, just because I'm not surprised at all. I, I, I said that on the podcast in the preseason, this guy has all pro potential. He is a stud in the making. Uh, it is not surprising to see this cat play so well. However, I will agree with one of our um, tweeters. Uh, it was Sarah who tweeted in. Again, you could tweet at Ronnie K Radio, who said Derek Wolf. And one of the very surprising, um, pleasant surprises because I didn't realize Derek Wolf was capable of this at his age. Remember, this is a guy who is getting up there in age, but he is playing for a new contract. And we all thought, I think, post injury, you know, the neck is such a scary injury that we had seen the best of Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf may be playing his best football of his career right now. This is a guy who's got sacks, uh, what, four of the last five games. He's leading um, the team in sacks. It is just a absolute uh, a stud on the off uh, defensive line with five sacks so far this year, as you mentioned. And, you know, when in the run game as well, too, you know, Wolf has always been a good pass rusher, but in the run game, you know, he's kind of had this signature move where he's locked up in a in a one-on-one block and then all of a sudden, he just kind of sticks his paw out and slows the running back, if not stops him, right there on the spot. He's been such a valuable player for this Denver Broncos defense, and I think working well in that Fangio scheme, and and even more so, maybe a little money motivated, that is really making him play very, very well. And I'm a bit surprised. Absolutely. he. I think when Fangio came here, uh, a lot of people thought, you'd see kind of Shelby Harris fill in that. Akeem. And Shelby's done very well. as well. He has, yeah. but I think people thought that they'd see Derek Wolf filling in that Akeem Hicks role uh, that Fangio had in Chicago. And it's really actually been Derek Wolf who's filled in that role. And like you said, he's been playing incredibly well. He took over that Cleveland Brown game uh, last week for the Broncos. The whole stadium was howling all night yes. long. Being there. And uh, it's great to see him playing so well and coming back from that injury. 
So we've been talking about very surprising guys on defense, of course, and there is obviously the one glaring one that we will get to next. There are other more surprising guys as well, too. Uh, you know, guys who are just yeah. walking off uh, the street and onto the team, and obviously there's a, a big glaring one here in A.J. Johnson. Yeah, A.J. Johnson is uh, my most surprising player. I think people... This is a guy who's going to be a second, third-round pick coming out of Tennessee and had to take two, three years without playing a snap of football. Comes back last season, takes a year just getting reacclimated, and he's come in and he's playing not just like a good starting linebacker, which the Broncos haven't had since Danny Trevathan. He's playing like one of the best linebackers in the league. You know what he's playing like? He's playing like the defensive player of the month. Seriously, the PFF's defensive player of the month, and there's an argument that he should be the AFC's defensive player of the month, and he might have been if he was a bigger name player. This guy is a stud. I, I People are going, hey, let's not jump to conclusions. He's only played X number of games. I, I think it's time to go, this guy's the starting linebacker of the future because he's not just playing good. He's playing, honestly, there's a reason PFF gave him that a- AFC defensive player of the month award. He's playing like the best linebacker in the entire NFL. He's playing so much better than Devin Bush. That trade looks so much better now with Johnson's emergence. And even beyond him, I think one of the more surprising players on this Broncos defense has been Devontae Harris, who they needed someone to step up at cornerback. Yadam looks like a bona fide bust. Uh, Devontae Bowsby suffered a nasty injury, and, and Bryce Callahan hasn't been able to uh, get on the field this year. Harris comes in off the street, was cut by the Bengals, who need talent anywhere. So it's amazing that somehow he slipped through their fingers and he's played like a legit starting cornerback and should be a depth piece for a long time. Yeah. This Broncos team on defense, you know, you could, you could actually name a couple different guys because, and and I think this is what the pro that Vic Fangio brings is the idea that he can take guys uh, who are, scraps elsewhere and turn them into gems here because of his specialty, because of his scheme, because of how he sees a defense. And this is where Bronco fans are going to, they should be very excited because this is the kind of um, situation that is going to be so valuable for them because as opposed to now drafting a corner in the draft, you can spend that asset on offense because Vic Fangio is going to turn Devontae Harris into a pretty darn good corner. You know, he's going to turn an A.J. Johnson into a stud middle linebacker. Now, you don't have to draft one very high. You can use that on a wide receiver or, quite frankly, four out of the five offensive line that may need to be replaced. I mean, they've got so many holes on the offensive side of things, and they have so few assets. Even with the Emmanuel Sanders trade, they have very few assets to fill all those holes because you're still going to want some depth guys on defense. The more they can utilize those for offense and trust what Vic Fangio and Ed Don until so far have done on the defensive side is so, so valuable for this team. I don't want to ignore special teams though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because one of the guys that I think has been most more surprising than anything. And um, I, I definitely want to give him some love because I was very much against the cutting river Craycraft uh, move is Deontay Spencer. This has been sure-handed. This is a guy who, when he touches the ball, does have that kind of hold-your-breath feel, Mm. that idea of like, man, this guy could take it to the house any single time, and he's gotten so close uh, on several occasions. A lot of speed. He is holding on to the football, getting utilized on the offense. This is a nice little weapon for the Denver Broncos. It absolutely is. I think 
for the past several seasons, ever since really Trendon Holiday left, and even including Trendon Holiday to some extent, when that punt came or that kickoff came, you were holding your breath, but not yes. because you thought something amazing was going to happen. You were going, oh, p- please don't Just please this. catch the football. Please, please don't have a negative return here. Yes. You know, and, and now the Broncos finally have a weapon in Deontay Spencer that not only adds in an entirely new element to their special teams, but also their offense. It allows them to run certain gadget plays and do what the, the smartest offensive teams in the league are doing, like what the 49ers do with Marquise Goodwin or what the Chiefs do with Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman. Uh, I, I think having that game-breaking speed in at least one or two players is, is huge, and I think it's a reason why uh, the Broncos will look at uh, Henry Ruggs um, in, the, in the upcoming draft. Yeah, and look, this is a team that could... Gosh, uh, I'm starting to go through the Rolodex in my brain. When it comes to like bona fide explosiveness at the kick return position, like Eddie Royal reminds me of, I guess, the last person who actually... Like, Trenton Holiday really... got a few. Uh, Trinidad Holiday was a very short stint, though. I know. Trinidad Holiday was what two years? Yeah, it's and he like, was very I, boomer bust. It was a muff punt. It, or it a was a, either a muff punt or a touchdown. I'm looking for consistent play, and so far Deontay Spencer is giving them that. And look again, you know, it, it doesn't mean you know having a good or bad season doesn't lean on the idea of a kick return touchdown or not. It's just the idea that you are catching the football, that you are improving the field position, and you are flipping the field to an extent to help out. That Broncos offense, of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by your friends over there at Taft 14, 19, 20 Blake Street, just a hop, skip and a jump away from Coors Field. I don't think we're going to disagree on this assessment, but I'm going to bring it out anyways. I want to do a most um, I want to do a most uh, uh, improved or or most uh, surprising, most underwhelming when it comes to the coaching staff. Okay, because I think most of us would say that the more surprising side of things is the idea that Vic Fangio has been able to turn this defensive round from a coaching staff standpoint. I mean, like, let's be honest. They do lack talent in many places. You know, I mean, coming into the season, a lot of people thought at linebacker, they were one of the worst cores around the league. A lot of people were a bit scared in the secondary. They haven't even seen Bryce Callahan yet. Does Bryce Callahan even exist? I'm not even sure. Um, but when it comes to the most surprising, when it comes to the offensive side, I think you do look at it from a disappointing standpoint in the idea that Rich Gangarello has had eight, nine games so far to get his feet wet in a regular season live bullet scenario where this Denver Broncos offense has, on a play-calling standpoint, I've never really truly been impressed with it. It seems like it doesn't have flow. It seems like it um, just it runs the wrong thing at the wrong time. You know, when they get into the red zone, they start throwing the football as opposed to leaning on the run. When they should pass here, they run. When they run, they sh- they pass. When they need to be aggressive, they're conservative and vice versa. And and I don't I would have thought that after eight nine games, that feel would have improved. Um, give me a little bit on Rich Scangarello, your thoughts on his first half of the season as a whole because look we've talked about the defense and we know they're they're a good unit and they're going to be a good unit for a long time but this offense is just such a question mark yeah i think um the play calling doesn't bother me nearly as much as it does you mm. uh don't get me wrong i'm, I'm not saying rich gabriel has done a good job by any means uh but i think it's really hard to judge the offense in general when 
the offensive line is in shambles and you've got either an immobile quarterback that can't help that offensive line any and, and a washed up one at that or Brandon Allen. And yeah, he looked he looked good his first game. But let's calm down, Broncos fans. It's still Brandon Allen. But there were uh, time, and I, I continue to but, preach this, too. There were times in that game where Brandon Allen actually did not look very good. Yes. And that touchdown to Cortland Sutton was a, it was a, a touchdown interception that Sutton, Sutton yes, saved. It was yes. a badly placed but, ball. The touchdown to Noah Fant was basically a play that Noah Fant made. There were there were many inaccurate throws by Allen. Yes, and, and so I think a lot of the offensive struggles have more to do with talent than who's calling the plays. I think if you had Kyle Shanahan or Sean McFay, it'd be a lot better than under Rich Gangarello, but I still don't think they'd be putting up uh, incredible points because the offensive line is so bad, because the quarterback is so bad. And yes, wide receiver and running back is more flashy than offensive line, but in today's NFL, the offensive line, is so much more important in terms of how that unit does. Uh, really, the coaching staff that I think has surprised me the most is maybe the least important in Ed Donatel. Uh, who knows how much he's doing with Vic Fangio being the main defensive coordinator, yeah. but I think it's safe to assume that he is really working with the secondary, and that's his focus, considering that his background is as a, a defensive backs coach. And this secondary has been playing so well. You talked about the leap we've seen from Justin Simmons going from a guy that maybe we thought was going to be a pro bowler to playing like a legitimate all pro. Uh, Devontae Harris coming off the street being a guy. Duke Dawson being a New England Patriots cast off coming in and being a guy. Uh, Kareem Jackson moving from cornerback to safety and playing like one of the best strong safeties in the league. Uh, I think it's really impressive what he's done with that unit, and it's a big reason why the Broncos' defense has been as good as they are. And I think it's the little details. You know, I say this a lot on the podcast. Uh, if you take care of the little details, the big detail or the big thing, if you will, takes care of itself. I saw a lot of little details in training camp when I got a chance to sit and, and watch uh, Ed Donatel work with the secondary in particular. You know, he was always preaching some of the very small details, the fundamentals from the certain way your hips are turned to shoulders to in this scheme, in this certain situation, I want you turned and angled this way because that may give you a direct beeline to the, to the ball carrier or a pass coming your way. You know, it's, it's, I think it's those little details that matter. And, and once that starts to get ingrained into these guys' minds, now all of a sudden, again, we kind of talk about this. You're seeing these guys who were cast-offs elsewhere. You know, Duke Dawson making plays for the Denver Broncos team. Devontae Harris. And look, make no mistake, these guys aren't all pro level. No. They're not pro bowl level. But they are getting the job done, and, and to an extent there are um, major value pieces from this Denver Broncos. They've been very impressive in several one of those uh, situations. So our, uh, our most impressive and least impressive, if you will, on the team uh, for the Broncos on offense and defense. And, of course, it's all presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, it, and jump away from Coors Field. Uh, we are just about done for the podcast. Zach, you've got a lot of writing coming up on uh, MyLifeSports.com for the bye week, of course. Uh, what's on draft, all that good stuff. And then where can they hit you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And, of course, uh, the writing coming up, uh, what, what do you got going on? I've got a what's on draft this week, uh, looking, you know, midseason more at who the Broncos could take. Last week, I looked at quarterbacks. If people are uh, interested in that, following Drew Locke continuing not yeah, to play. Yeah, I think they'll like that. I think they'll yeah, be yeah. interested in looking that. Looking at uh, Joe Burrow, all those guys. And 
yeah, just just more draft prospects getting you ready for that uh, draft coverage with all the uh, the Broncos. And stuff. then, of course, you're involved in our uh, little roundtable that we're doing this week. We're you know for the bye week, we thought, well, we'll put together a little bit of an evaluation, if you will, of yes. the Broncos on offense, defense, coaching staffs, yada yada yada. Uh, I also involved with that roundtable as well as our, our good buddy Rich Kurtzman. So you can find that at MileHighSports.com and all that content that uh, you can consume on the Broncos. Read up uh, on the Broncos at Mile High Sports. Com. Zach, where can they hit you on Twitter one more time before we get out of here? At Zach underscore Seeger. Zach with a C-H-S-E-G-A-R-S. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter. Always tweeting about the Broncos and on the, of course, radio show. Hey, selfish plug. Every single morning, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time for you East Coast friends. That would be 9 a.m. for you, so you get to sleep in and then, uh, of course, listen or watch at MileHighSports.com. That's where it's always streaming. Spell out MileHighSports.com fully, or you could download the Mile High Sports mobile app. That's free for Apple and Android for you local listeners here in Denver. Of course, 104.7 on the radio, 1340 a.m., or, of course, always at MileHighSports.com where we are streaming Live for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, check out MileHighSports.com for more info on the Broncos. Zach, nice job. Thank you, as always, for joining me. We are all done. Find out more info, breaking news, player profiles, interviews, discussions, audio on the Denver Broncos at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. See you, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.